Hey guys, welcome to the Tech People Podcast. My name is Ken Coyne. I'm your host and founder, as well as head of technology at Ops Talent. I believe at the heart of any success story are the people who made it happen. Diversity, creativity, and innovation, when nurtured in people, can lead to an unbeatable formula. I created this podcast to share the experiences of some truly inspirational leaders on their journey to success. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome back to this week's Tech People podcast. We continue our fintech series with Anders Christensen, who is the head of Avalog One Ecosystem. His company connects fintechs to banks to speed up the connection, scale the tech, and most importantly, offer a seamless integrated client experience. Today, we learn from Anders' experience on the old versus the new in terms of fintech, what are the current trends, and where is the future going, and also, how his company is on a mission to create one ecosystem for everyone to trade across without a middleman. So welcome to the show, Anders. Thanks, Ken, and thanks for having me on the show today. No, I'm looking forward to our discussion. But just before we get into more information about you, tell us a bit about Avalog and the Avalog ecosystem. So Avalog is a core banking system for predominantly wealth managers and private banks with over 160 installations worldwide. We cover banks like Barclays, LGT, across Europe, EMEA, and Asia Pacific. Oh, excellent. And then the, the ecosystem, how, what's, what's happened there? So Avalok today has over 30 years delivered this front-to-back uh, bank in a box and has today four platforms. We have the core, end-to-end integrated, one, one database running 24-7. And on top of that, we have three alone platforms called Wealth, Inside, and Engage, which we can also deploy on another tech stack per se. The ecosystem sits around it and enables all of these 160 banks worldwide to now open up, but to do so safely and securely with uh, fintech integrations in a very rapid way. Cool. I'm looking forward to learning more about it and a bit about you, but maybe you could just tell us a bit for me, maybe about yourself and how you got into the whole fintech space. That's a great question. Thank you, Ken. Uh, it started, I don't know, 20 years ago in Berlin in the dot-com days, and it somehow never stopped. I was always involved with, with startups, and uh, that's also how we met. And I, why I love my job so much is I talk to very inspired, motivated people every day that are either looking for funding in the process of deploying their funding or enhancing their next great idea. Awesome. And yeah, and uh, so in terms of the fintech space, then obviously you've seen a lot of change over the years and there's a whole, you've been working with the mainstream banking down to the new latest fintechs. I mean, could you give us an overview of how that has evolved? I mean, going, and how that trend has moved from the old to the new? Absolutely. And not my entire career was spent, unfortunately, in startups and fintechs. Um, I did a couple of stints in banking, okay. Barclays, BBVA, et cetera. So over the last 20 years, I think to answer your question, the technology has improved vastly, but we still see how challenger banks can go ahead and, and win simply by providing a better user experience. That's a trend that's been going on for the last 10 years, I would say. Okay. Before that, and in the banking world that I grew up in, in the 05 onwards, was very, very a banking legacy world where you the banks grew from the 70s on very old technology still sitting at the bottom of the architecture and just adding on new systems. 
not integrating them, not having multiple sources of data and legacy landscapes of hundreds of different applications. So what we see today is literally the ones that are winning here, the trends in, in fintech, if you will, are the ones that can provide a seamlessly integrated user experience and lots of convenience for the end client. So stuff like transferring money via Revolut, uh, same day arrival in your account, in your bank, these are things that, that people appreciate. And when I grew up, I give you one example. We had a headquarters in London covering four European countries and five systems. So oh. that was my reality at the time. We had no consolidated view and reporting. And today we have fintechs like uh, Clearwater Analytics or others that provide this actually to the same bank I used to work for. So those are examples of how we're getting so much better with technology. And do you find the gap is getting bigger now between you know these fintechs and mainstream banks? Or are the banks actually starting to catch up? and get more efficient. I mean, that's part of why we did Avalog 1 is exactly this. We had we have uh, traditional private banks. We have wealth managers. We have the clients coming in. They tend to pay a bit more as, as clients of a, of a private bank than a, as a retail bank, but their their kids would come and say, look what I can do with Revolut. And so our, our mission is to basically help everyone to create a faster time to market for all existing banks and financial institutions. So so what we do is we cut down the time to market, so speed. We onboard the fintechs for the banks. And so we do the screening, scouting, onboarding, contracting. We can even do billing as a service. We do that in two weeks. Then that's the speed argument. The scale argument is we have, for all 160 Avalog banks, we have APIs off the shelf, sandboxes where they have model banks so they can connect to in two weeks or longer depending on the complexity. And so speed and scale translates into impact, which is essentially that we can roll out a fintech solution attached to a bank in, in three to six months. Again, depending on complexity, it can take longer. And if you compare this to the old days, we've all seen the, the graveyards of uh, proof of concepts, POCs, yes. uh, yeah, exactly. 18, 24 months, expensive consultants. So we'd kind of like to, to help everyone here, the bank, the fintech, the end user of the bank, yeah, so that's, that's ourselves, of course. We, li- we like to also open up and make it safe and secure. Yeah, of course. And regulation is a big thing as well, I can imagine, uh, impacting on this. And in terms of uh, trends, I mean, what, so what are the trends you've seen? So, I mean, uh, current trends going to the, to the next wave, what's happening? I mean, I think, a great question, thank you. Okay. The first trend I think we, 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 everyone talks about and talks, is blockchain, right? But that's sort of like over the hill now. We see a little bit of like the next stage would be probably around DeFi, so decentralized finance. There we are seeing some very interesting new trends. I I give you an example. Imagine that you have your crypto assets staying in a wallet somewhere, not really producing any yield, Mm -hmm. but now someone borrows your assets. They are a money manager and they invest your assets for you and give you a return which then makes your otherwise inactive assets actually work for you. So there we are seeing some new combinations of lending, so crypto asset lending for a return, a yield, all done very decentralized from many small streams leading into one big river. One trend. Another trend would be ESG, so environmental, social, governmental. This scoring rate that now a lot of investors are looking for when they invest so we are getting more responsive, more conscientious of what we're doing. Okay. So this is driving a lot of demand from banks to be able to get that ESG score. And there we have also fintechs like 
playing in that space in terms of private placements and which types of deals you want to participate in as an investor? Think M&A, think early VC activity, think I want to invest in, in, a, in a project that for me is very important, important for society. Another player here could be mentioned, we could mention is Dalio from, from Wales, which is uh, very interesting what they're doing there in that space and, and also seeing a lot of demand with our clients. That would be another trend. ESG, DeFi, I think those are two very, very hot trends uh, right now. Yeah, because blockchain obviously was huge in the last couple of years, but um, I went to kind of just kind of, well, I wouldn't say disappear, but definitely went into the background a bit. Are you seeing now a big pickup now again, a lot of companies implementing blockchain technology? Is that, and is it just fintechs or is it also the major big institutions that are seeing this? If you look, we sit at the crossroads. So at the one, we, we see uh, obviously what our 160 member banks are doing, but also our, our prospects, and we mm. try to keep a finger on the pulse. With blockchain, we've seen some delays, but most of the larger players and also some, some big exits of some of the very important people. I wouldn't play it down per se, just say that it's probably not going as fast as people would have liked it to. And we also had some major setbacks like Facebook, Libra. We saw some exits of some of the big personalities like Blythe Matters, etc. I think what may be needed is another Bitcoin explosion, which may or may not happen, or a China coin actually becoming more of a reality. It's happening around us. So some of these more structural events. And last but not least, I think we need to go from a very niche market, like where we have the central banks are not adopting it, the capital markets are slow to adopt, but there we are now starting to see London Stock Exchange being very active in the fintech market. We see also that there are new decentralized finance protocols appearing. Um, one would be Alliance Block that's connecting between different fintech exchanges, uh, sorry, stock market exchanges, yeah. and trying to bridge traditional finance assets to the blockchain. So by no means is this that I actually think it's uh, having taken a small pause and we will see the next wave of even more useful solutions. Those would be my two cents. Wow, interesting. How about the, the crypto stuff then? I mean, you think that crypto also will be as bigger than ever going forward in the future in terms of the use of crypto? Avalok, I would like to use Avalok as an example here. Okay. We we have been in banking and helping banks for 30 years. And we see two major trends. We see ecosystems coming. We see everyone building ecosystems and then coming to the conclusion that, oh, I shouldn't have my own one. I should connect it to others. So the convergence of ecosystems across industries where your clients become someone else's clients as well, but for a different product or service and vice versa. So we go from protecting my clients and my ecosystem to a much more open and collaborative ecosystem cross. That would be the first one. The second one would be around digital assets. 60% of the world's assets are illiquid or not tradable. Okay. And we believe that through digital assets, we will be able to, in the near future, to address the 60%, to address a lot of the unbanked, and to potentially even have ecosystems where people are trading straight together with each other, but on a secure protocol with anti-money laundering in place. And this is the part that's missing in today's crypto assets is around compliance, it's around trust, and it's around regulation across borders because every region has a different regulation. So whoever can crack that riddle 
or I hope many, will be able to help foster now that we reach the rest of the world in terms of banking, but also that we include many more assets to be traded and to be exchanged in a much more uh, flexible way. So I'm, I, I, I am a believer, yes. Yeah, <laughs> something for the future, something to maybe invest in, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> if you get the right one. But Correct, I, yes. Have you seen, I mean, we've seen COVID obviously over the last year. I mean, what impact has that had on the fintech space in terms of evolution, trends? I think the COVID has, was the pause button that a lot of large organizations needed to really sit down and think through what they're doing. So people have time to think about what to invest in strategically where, and maybe a bit longer horizon. That would be one. I think we see a whole new wave of fintech-related uh, two trends. Another trend I didn't mention before, green wave in Scandinavia, quite interesting, also around payments. Okay. And the second wave we see is probably somewhat COVID-related, but to be seen exactly what comes out of that. I think the really f- that we've seen some also adjust their business models just amazingly fast. I, I wish I could give an example off the top of my head, but we... Um, yeah, we saw, we saw, I've seen a couple of examples where they basically overnight changed their solution around. Wow. I know that was quite interesting as well is um, the whole real money, cash. I, mean, I don't really carry it anymore since COVID. I mean, it'd be interesting to see, you know, this is where we're going anyhow, but how long before we, there's actually no real money in the economy anymore? Any thoughts around that? Yes, actually, now that you mentioned no cash, I have two great fintech examples for you. So okay. hopefully I can make up for the lack of the latter <laughs> one. <laughs> um, let me start with one on each end. One is the very, the one that everyone understands, which is I went to Denmark over the summer. I'm from Denmark and no one wanted to hold my cash. Okay. It was gone. And there you then see a lot of new payment solution appearing. Everyone is paying with the phone. You see the bank scrambling very quickly to get it done, like Apple Pay and Revolut has done. And so there you see a lot of innovation in a very short time. The second one I wanted to just quickly highlight is, is the Swedish government. Sweden is a very long country from north to south. And there is a portion of the population that does not use electronic payments. They use cash. Okay. And it's hard for them to convert to, to any other type of payment, understandably so. So the Swedish government has actually made it a requirement to be able to provide cash to the population that desires to use it. And they are working with a Swiss startup called Sunect, which enables any small business to become an ATM on the phone. Wow. So if they sign up, they can disperse cash to the app on the phone or to in hand to the client, depending on how you prefer it. And by that, you now in very small villages can disperse cash out of the local kiosk, of the local, local store that chooses to do so. Benefit being, they get a small margin, everyone wins. This also works in rural areas where you have very small villages, both in very highly developed countries like Switzerland. Eastern Switzerland has a lot of small villages with no, no banking infrastructure, as well as in, in developing countries where you have uh, no ATM network. Very interesting. And how about the like, main cities, like where you're based now at the moment? Is it all pure card now in Zurich or is, it, yeah. um, is there is some bit of cash there that you see? I have in, the, in Zurich, I have, I'm paying on the phone every day. I see everyone else doing the same from time to time. And this is also something we realized that there are certain things we still need cash for. 
So maybe we need cash to pay for the supermarket card or to pay for the parkometer. The parkometer is now fixed. Yeah, we have now the parking services, but it really forces or accelerates the innovation around solutions that are convenient and not to mention safe. And in COVID times, and now in what we're seeing happening with the second wave, I think most of Europe is going to get hit again. We will see an, an, another wave of innovation associated to it. One of my favorite green innovations out of Denmark has nothing to do with fintech except for maybe how you pay for it is this uh, desk company. It's an architecture firm. They right. produced a desk out of out of recycled cardboard, a desk design, which they did and sold. They basically changed around their production. Then they started selling that online. They had massive success and they were shipping these cardboard desks around the world. And then they decided after seven or eight different designs, they decided to give away the first designs for free. So people oh. can download the design and create their own desk and that to help in the home office. So I think that's just somehow beautiful how we, we adapt quickly and we don't necessarily need to create a lot of excess waste, if you will. Yeah, very interesting. Not so fintechy. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice something different, you know. It's nice to hear stories like that. So, how about? I mean, what does the future hold for yourself and also for your company in line with these trends? So, the future um, is bright. I would say we we grow every day. We have now grown this year with close to fifty new products in the marketplace. We have a constant onboarding pipeline of, I would say, thirty ongoing conversations with fintechs. We see the banks, the wealth managers, the financial institutions, some of them becoming fintechs, which is cool to watch. They develop product services that they sell. At the same time, we see a lot of third-party services that were not necessarily in the financial space entering or combinations of, of fintechs and third parties coming together and creating new, new services and product designs. So I would say Brave New World, the ecosystem is is growing, and I would say it's not our ecosystem, it's not anyone's ecosystem. Really, it's a question of connecting the ecosystems between the different players and enabling everyone to trade across, and ideally without a middleman. So for us, the future is actually to step out of the game and enable everyone to communicate even more efficiently, and I call that the open banking marketplace. Mm. Well, how far away are we from this? becoming a reality. We are 10 months closer than beginning of the year. <laughs> no. <laughs> let <good>. me <laughs> No, let me let me answer that correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are signing up multiple different ecosystems, connecting them. We're connecting to fintech hubs around the world, we're connecting to universities. We are entering into advanced conversations with API management platforms and the idea would be to be able to safely and securely connect the traffic from other ecosystems to ours and vice versa, to be able to measure it and to monetize it so that everyone has an incentive to trade with each other. And that's the power of the API-first economy. If we are able to do that safely and securely, we're still talking about banks, yeah. we're talking about you and me and our wallets. So we, we want to have trust, we want to have we want to be protected, so regulation is needed. And but at the same time, we want convenience. So it's how to marry those together and come up with a solution that where everyone is incentivized. Is, that's our, our mission to solve that riddle. I can tell you that next year, we will roll out a new version of the platform. Okay. It will be 
with a state-of-the-art API management platform, which will enable us to do some of the bullets I just described. Fantastic. Sounds really interesting. Just how do you stay on top of all this stuff? I mean, have you any tips for people for learning and staying on top of the latest trends in fintech and the newsletters? Part, I don't know. What do you, what, what, how do you think? Stay in touch. I talk to a lot of very interesting people. Like I see new fintechs appearing like Finder. The other day, I it may be competition to me. It may not. But I think the vision is great and I reach out. And I say, congratulations. That's amazing. Let's talk. And by talking and looking across the network and the ecosystem, our own ecosystem, and what the banks bring to us and what the fintechs bring to us, we are sort of like an information highway. So we also watch out that none of them die. We hope that none of them die of cash flow. Um, that's a concern of ours, but we, so far, so good, knock on wood. And then we, we continue to enhance the ecosystem with other ecosystems. It doesn't have to be a formal partnership agreement. It can really be just watching what the other ones are doing and vice versa. Or what they're doing with the hub in Scandinavia also finds to be incredible. Danske Bank set up a non-banking initiative to connect 4,000 startups in, a, in an ecosystem. The startups didn't trust Ooh. the bank and, and the bank was trying to say, but you should. Okay. And the bank was saying, we don't want to make money on this. And five years later, it's the biggest ecosystem in Scandinavia for startups. Wow, and awesome. uh, 60 to 70% of the unicorn fintech startup owners or founders are now uh, clients of Danske Bank. But it wasn't foreseen. It wasn't intended. It yeah. just kind of happened. So sometimes you do stuff without knowing with a clear goal, but you by just adding the, the network and building on the network, and you, you get a really nice outcome. So Very much cool. more to come, I'm sure. Oh, I've no doubt. In relation to these startups, did you, did you mention that you also invest and buy these startups? That's something you guys do also or not? That's correct. So the, the Avalok One ecosystem is a platform that has infrastructure. Okay. So we have six different things. We have the Avalok Ventures, which is our sister company. We invest, we take stakes, we create warrants, we keep a finger on the pulse, typically pre-seed, early seed, or growth okay. in fintechs. We have sandboxes that we give away for free to fintechs. We have APIs. We're now adding the API management platform. We have a developer portal. We have then also documentation. So you can go onto the, the platform, find the documentation you need. Fintech onboarding, bank onboarding, and the marketplace. So I hope that added up to six. But in the marketplace, you can then see the outcome. It's by no means restricted to just fintechs. If you as a bank, a financial institution or a wealth manager have a product or service you want to sell, you can also sell that in the marketplace. So the goal here is not to keep it closed, but really to open this up and uh, as widely as possible in the next 12 to 18 months. Fantastic. So if people want to learn a bit more about you and the ecosystem, what's the best way to get in contact? www.avalok.one avalok.one and that's the web address and there you can find everything related to the Avalok One ecosystem our partners and fintechs our marketplace and we look forward to engaging with you just hit the intercom button fantastic awesome well listen thank you so much for coming on today and having a chat to us I really enjoyed the conversation thank you very much Ken it was a pleasure and um, really enjoyed it thanks Andrew